in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher podcast markets with chip nellinger chip is with blue reef agri-marketing out of morton illinois and this edition of the moving iron podcast is brought to you by dawson tire and wheel the premier ag tire and wheel provider in north america helping people grow tractor zoom delivering insights and dry shot boots the official work group of moving iron podcast chip how you doing this morning hey doing well how you doing casey man better now that i finally got to spit that all out of my mouth my goodness <laughs> i take 27 you know <laughs> so <laughs> there is uh I know the feeling. I I didn't even know what day it was this week. It's like uh, it's like Groundhog's Day. It's like yeah, it's crazy, every day's man. the same. Yep. So I guess I need let's let's talk about ethanol for a minute. So I'm not an ethanol expert. Don't claim to be. I don't know anything about it other than what I briefly pick up. But as I as I kind of poke around and look around and see what's going on. It seems like to me that if there's the 10% mandate on um, U.S. gasoline, that 10% of it has to be ethanol, even if half the country opened back up within 20 or 30 days, the ethanol market should be such a, has such demand for corn that you should be kind of this corn thing should kind of take care of itself. And we still start seeing some movement in the market, but that's also seems like that's a very easy answer. So usually the easy answer is not the right answer. So I guess what's your thought on what you see happening out there with ethanol and, and I guess what do we, what, what are some of the indicators that you're watching there now? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think um, a big fix will be to get, um, you know, people back driving again and the sooner, the better. And, um, you know, we've already seen for two weeks running a little bit uh, of a better uptick in gasoline demand than what the market was expecting. And, uh, you know, even right now, as we're talking, um, nearby gasoline futures, uh, just under 92 cents a gallon. And uh, two weeks ago, you know, that was in the low to mid 50s. So, we've seen a nice little rally in the energy markets um, on the expectation that people are starting to slowly get back to work, get on the roads and driving. And, and that will certainly help. I don't know that that's, 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 that's one that will, that will be one Avenue to help ethanol demand. There's also some, uh, and I'm, I preface this by saying I'm not an ethanol expert either. Um, it's a very complex, uh, you know, industry and there's multiple, um, inputs right so it's not only uh that that 10% mandate but there's also some discretionary blending as well when there when it's profitable to do some so then you've got the the spread between uh ethanol price and unleaded price is a big influence you also have um you know the the input side of that for ethanol plants which is what what price can they buy the corn um, what price are they selling DDG? So there's a lot of moving parts in this thing, but certainly one big, big issue is going to be the faster we can return to what, um, 
is a normal average summer driving pace, the better that's going to be uh, for the ethanol industry. And uh, some of the early indications are that we're starting to see that, um, you know, come back faster than, uh, than expected. And it, it might kind of be fits and starts, you know, because some, some states are opening back up and, and others uh, like Illinois, where I'm at, you know, you're beginning to wonder if, uh, if this governor wants to open back up in calendar year 2020 or ever. So it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a, um, you know, new paradigm as far as getting people back on the, on the roads again. Yeah. All right. So this week, uh, today was a weekly export report came out and the market seemed to react, had a pretty favorable reaction to, for most of the day to what was going on in the marketplace. So I guess talk about what happened in the exports. Yeah. So <clears throat> exports were, were actually just kind of middle of the road. Um, they were, they were decent, uh, in everything, but not just blow your blow your doors off uh, on on the grains. And so it, it more importantly, um, you started to see uh, some more Chinese demand, right? Uh, China bought some beans earlier in the week, and there's rumors that they're uh, they're getting ready to buy some more. They bought um, what I think about eight hundred thousand uh, metric tons of corn, so another another batch of corn. Um, they've been a good buyer of sorghum. They bought some cotton. Uh, so, you know, this comes after some hard talk from president Trump saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to have one more meeting on this uh, phase one trade deal within the next week or 10 days. And we're either going to get this thing fixed and you're going to start buying, um, some stuff like you said you would, or we're going to rip the whole thing up and go back to, uh, tariffs again. And, um, whether it was a result of that or not, uh, we've seen a nice uptick in Chinese demand uh, here in the last uh, few days and even in the last uh, 24 hours. And so uh, on top of that, you've got some awful cold weather coming, primarily for the eastern corn belt. And uh, and there's some corn and beans out of the ground. And, you know, the, the, the freeze line goes way down into southern Indiana, Kentucky, uh, you know, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Uh, so basically, you know, almost all of Illinois, all of Indiana, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, any corner beans that are uh, out of the ground are going to be susceptible to getting dinged. Um, wheat, there's a lot of wheat in that area. And, uh, and that could be uh, an interesting situation because it's far enough along. You could really do some damage on the wheat. And so I think you're putting a little bit of weather premium in the market as well as uh, some finally some good news from the export front from China, and next week we've got the uh, May crop report, and I think you're seeing a little bit of short covering into that uh, report as well. So we finally, for the first time in a long, long time, we've got several good things that are uh, starting to affect the market and at least to cause a little bit of buying. Yep. Okay, so <clears throat> wheat was my next thing I was going to talk to you about the uh, the reports that have come out, the weekly crop progress reports that have come out. And crop condition reports that have come out have uh, wheat has just deteriorated greatly over the, the last couple two or three weeks for sure, especially since the last big frost that we had, uh, which would have been about three four weeks ago, somewhere in that range. And it, I think last time I saw wheat was like fifty two percent or something like that was rated good to excellent. So um, for wheat to be kind of a, a shining star, I guess in some points that there is going to be a some optimism there. Um, the it looks like a weather event is going to change that, but we haven't really seen wheat move much 
uh, in any positive direction. So I guess talk about the wheat market we see happen there. Yeah, it's, wheat's been a little bit volatile. Um, you know, we, um, we put our highs in wheat, uh, you know, shortly after first of the year. We had a big rally back, um, uh, you know, basically right ahead of the, the main part of the, uh, of the virus shutdown normally coming into harvest here, you, you know, you'd set back and, and we have, you know, I guess from high to low, the, the Chicago wheat market uh, set back about 70 cents in the last month off the highs. Now it's starting to stabilize and rally a little bit. As you mentioned out, out your way um, on the Kansas city wheat, you know, that freeze from three or four weeks ago, I, I definitely had an effect uh, as it did out this way. Um, and, and now with, uh, some cold temperatures coming in here, uh, you know, overnight Friday into early Saturday morning really could, um, you know, cause some problems on, on the wheat side of the equation. So we may be, um, you know, still have some life left in the wheat market. It's kind of like a, a cat. It's got nine lives. It's hard to kill a wheat, uh, you know, plant <clears throat> or a crop, but, uh, we may get our second, you know, freeze type rally which, um, you know, it's, it's not super common to get one a year. And now we're going to get two of these in, uh, you know, the better part of a month. And so I think, you know, the, I think you hit the nail on the head. The crop conditions are, are just so, so they're, they're about like they were a year ago, but it's more of a normal year from the standpoint of it's, it's regional. There's some areas of Kansas that are really good. There's some areas that uh, are, are pretty dry and need some rain, some moisture, uh, it's, it's a little, it's a mixed bag out there. And so it's not just uniformly great everywhere. And I think there's still questions as to how much damage, uh, that last freeze did. And obviously how much damage this next one will do. It doesn't look like, um, the, the planes are in for freeze necessarily. Uh, that's more going to be the, the soft red, um, out this way rather than, uh, than the hard red in the Oklahoma, uh, you know, Kansas area. So at least this one, uh, that area looks to be fairly safe from, or at least, um, you know, mid thirties instead of, uh, you know, sub, sub freezing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, that's just, a, that's a tough, that's an interesting one to watch. You know, the, the, uh, custom guys are getting ready to start to the run here pretty quick and, uh, Northern Texas will make their way North. But, um, from what I've heard, depending on where you're at, um, it's either a boom or a bust. There's no real consistency yeah. to it. It's uh, you're gonna have a great that's crop. Nor- you know, that's more of a normal type uh, type year. You know, I mean, it's yeah. uh, we, we've it's gotten true. spoiled recently with everything's everything's great everywhere. But you know, historically, it's not usually like that, especially with weed. And I think we're back, which which usually means it's not just a bin buster crop. It, you know, there's areas probably that are going to be really really good. Uh, but not everywhere. And, and I'm not sure we know until you run the combine through it, what the effects of, uh, of that freeze was. And, uh, right. so I think that's still a little bit of a, of a question. So all that uncertainty tells me there may still be some life, uh, left in, in the wheat market here. It's been the shining star of the, of the grain world, uh, for sure. Uh, but you gotta be a little bit careful because as you get into harvest, um, you know, it's just so hard for a market to, to hold up and, and do anything except grind lower once harvest starts and uh, unless there you get into it and say oh man i thought we got ding 10 percent on uh, from that freeze and really it's 40 percent and 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 um so that that remains to be seen 
Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about South America for a minute. So when you look at Argentina has been all over the place. When you start looking at their beans and, 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 the, and the harvest stuff that they've got going on down there as far as what the overall crop condition actually is, they've downgraded it. Um, I think probably five out of the last seven, out of the five out of the last seven weeks. Uh, just take a look at, at, as those reports come through. Uh, as they head into uh, their their winter months, um, the coronavirus, as far as community spread, is starting to starting to see some things, make some movements there, as far as that goes, and what their reaction will be. Um, it kind of looks like to me, China has bought a ton of beans out of there over the last uh, sixty days. And, but it looks like to me that that's kind of a powder keg waiting to go off. And if it does go off, there's going to be uh, some pretty big uh, opportunities for the U.S. market. Yeah, that's uh, I agree with you. I think that's something that's been in the back of my mind for a while. With just from the seasonality, right, we're starting to warm up. They're starting to, uh, to cool down and get into their fall and winter. And, um, you know, if they are going to fight that and it becomes an issue logistically with getting uh, – you know, it can, it can take several different forms, not just getting, you know, their port, keeping their ports open and getting stuff out of the country, but it, it could, you know, really hit agriculture. Um, you know, they export a lot of meat as well, especially beef. Uh, and that is definitely something to keep an eye out for, because if that happens, you know, that could push some extra demand our way. Now, you can argue that some of that's front loaded. They had they shipped so many beans, like massive record amounts of beans in uh, March and April out of Brazil to China. Some of that's a little bit front loaded, but uh, certainly if they're going to have a problem logistically with their supply chains um, in Brazil, that definitely could send some extra demand our way, uh, you know, from, uh, from a, from a grain standpoint and from a, uh, from a protein standpoint, maybe even from an ethanol standpoint. Yep. Yeah. Plenty of stuff going on there, man. So there's just so many things happen right now. And having that plan in place and knowing what to do with that plan and adjusting that plan as you go through is a very important thing. So if folks are working on that or just need some just direction. I mean, I'm sure plans right now have been shattered, thrown up, torn up, thrown into a waste paper basket, but got to resurrect that somehow. So if folks are working on that stuff, Chip, what's the best way to get a hold of you and get your help on kind of pushing some yeah. things through? Best way is just give us a call uh, at the office and that number is 309 five five zero seven two one three uh love to chat with you and uh to to that point you, you know I'll, I'll throw one thing out there we've been crunching some numbers recently um on the corn side of the equation and, and to a lesser extent this is going to be the case in beans and it feels like oh man uh, you know it's just there's no bright spots and it's horrible out there and if we go lower uh, we got a high chance of going lower what are we going to do you know, crop insurance is such a big, big part of this. So everyone's different, and and but it it makes sense to crunch these numbers on your own farm, and in a lot of cases because of crop insurance, as well as um, you know your PLC, which is kind of the old government program that kicks in at three seventy uh, on an average for the twenty twenty crop, three seventy December futures. The interestingly enough, the lower you go right now in corn, the more you actually make via crop insurance and the PLC payment. And so that has implications on a, you know, what is your crop insurance plan? Uh, B, 
when do I sell? And, and if you sell too low, it kind of defeats the purpose of some of that crop insurance. So I'm rambling a little bit here, but it, it's really kind of counterintuitive that the lower you go right now, actually, the better it is from a financial standpoint. And it doesn't make any sense until you see the numbers and um, it, it really can shed a, a better light. So uh, you got to have a plan is the point. That's a, that's a long way of saying you got to have a plan. You got to know where you're at. You got to know what your numbers are. And uh, if you need help with that, give us a call. We'd, we'd be happy to chat with you. Good stuff, Chip. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Also check out movingironllc.com for all the latest stuff that's going on with Moving Iron as far as some uh, blog posts. Just posted one here this week, so go check that out. Also check out the Global Ag Network and the great podcasters there. Uh, if you're interested in coming to the Moving Iron Summit, um, Make sure you reach out to me at Moving Iron Podcast, movingironpodcast.com. I'll get you all the information on that. So until next time, I am Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. You'll find us here Move